Whitehall Glens Falls. It's 8 o'clock. Good morning. This is Northern Light for Monday, December 4th. I'm Monica Sandreski. And I'm Todd Moe. More than 100 Republicans joined Democrats to oust Representative George Santos from Congress Friday, and the North Country's Congresswomen weren't among them. The Adirondack Rail Trail opened its first section, a 10-mile stretch between Saranac Lake and Lake Placid. It took over a decade to work, lawsuits, and compromise to get here. Can't wait. There's a group of us from uh, that have been involved with this all along from both OGS and DEC that plan on once it's completely open, we're going to ride our bikes from uh, Lake Placid all the way to Tupper Lake and then go to Racket River Brewing and then we'll have to get a ride home. <laughs> also, we'll hear from a farmer on the joys of running a small dairy and being part of the local foods movement. And we'll talk with playwright Jenna Hoban about her new play, Decked. Just in time for the holidays, it'll be presented in Saranac Lake and Westport this month. You know, you get to have this grumpy character in the beginning. You get to have the redemption at the end. You get laughs, you know, but you really get this beautiful journey. All of that and more is coming up on Northern Light. Stick with us. Broadcast of Northern Light here on North Country Public Radio is supported by Adirondack Experience, the museum on Blue Mountain Lake. Open for last-minute holiday shopping on December 16th from 10 to 4. Online anytime at the adkx.org. And by Apothecary Chocolates, making gourmet chocolates by hand from all-natural herbs, botanicals, tree syrups. Apothecarychocolates.com. This is Northern Light. I'm Monica Sandreski. And I'm Todd Moe. More than 100 Republicans joined Democrats to oust Representative George Santos from Congress Friday. The North Country's Congresswomen weren't among them. Kara Chapman has more. Republicans Elise Stefanik and Claudia Tenney both voted to keep George Santos in Congress. Stefanik was an early supporter of the first-term congressman. She endorsed him in August 2021, calling him, quote, my friend and fellow America First conservative. She also said he had her full support. But as revelations that he'd lied about his past and indictments on multiple campaign fraud charges rolled out, the congresswoman stayed largely mum on Santos. Stefanik posted a statement ahead of Friday's expulsion vote on X, formerly known as Twitter. She said no member of Congress had ever been expelled without a conviction. The congresswoman also said, quote, This is a dangerous precedent, and I am voting no based upon my concerns regarding due process. Tenney cited similar concerns. In a statement, she said, quote, This premature and politically charged action erodes due process, which all members of Congress and public office have taken an oath to uphold. Stefanik and Tenney were the only New York Republicans besides Santos himself to vote against his ouster. Santos is just the sixth person to be expelled from the House in its history. The others were ousted after being convicted of a crime or fighting for the Confederacy. Santos represented New York's third congressional district, which includes parts of Long Island and Queens. He flipped the district in 2022, helping Republicans take back the House with a narrow majority. Now that the seat is vacant, state law requires a special election to determine who will fill it. Kara Chapman, North Country Public Radio.
A big crowd of people gathered Friday afternoon just off Route 86 between Saranac Lake and Lake Placid at Fowler's Crossing. They're there to celebrate the completion of the first section of the Adirondack Rail Trail, a 34-mile multi-use trail corridor stretching from Tupper Lake to Lake Placid. It's been the topic of fierce debate for decades in the Tri-Lakes area. Amy Feireisel was at the Ribbon Coveting. Over a hundred people gathered at Fowler's Crossing, and a lot of them were given scissors. Don't run with those. <laughs> Members of the DEC, the DOT, the OGS, and local municipal leaders got behind a long ribbon, stretching across the 10-foot-wide crushed rock Adirondack Rail Trail. Behind them were the mountains, peeking in and out of the clouds. One, two, three... They were all here to celebrate the completion of the first section of the trail, about a 10-mile stretch between Saranac Lake and Lake Placid. It's now officially open year-round to hikers, bikers, skiers, and snowmobilers, though from what I heard, it's already gotten its fair bit of use. I, 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 since I'm local, I've, I've been on it a couple of times already. I was on it before the rails were gone. <laughs> That's 45-year-old Doug Haney from Saranac Lake. He says the trail will be great for local recreation. This is going to be such a transformation thing for all of these communities for recreational use. But also for tourism, which Haney has a personal stake in. He owns Bike Adirondacks, a cycling tourism company. So this is a huge thing for, for me to see come to fruition because being able to have a safe, fun, recreational space to go ride your bike is going to be huge. Economic opportunity was one of the big themes at the press conference. Here's Commissioner Jeanette Moy from the Office of General Services. There's going to be a lot of good economic activity that's going to happen in this part of New York where we're really unlocking it through this project. The other big theme was compromise. New York State Assemblyman Dan Steck talked about moving forward. And you can't look in the rearview mirror and you can't live in the past. You have to play the hand that you're dealt. While DEC Commissioner Basil Sago said difficult things are worth the effort. Thank you for your willingness to compromise and find a path forward. It doesn't happen without some sacrifice uh, amongst all of us. The not-so-thinly-veiled subtext here is the years of fierce debate, protests, even lawsuits over how this railroad trail should be used. Some rallied for a multi-use trail, while others fought to preserve the rail line. In 2016, a compromise was reached, with the trail from Remsen to Tupper Lake preserved as rail line, and the 34-mile stretch from Tupper to Lake Placid dedicated to the Adirondack Rail Trail. David Winchell of Saranac Lake had a front row seat for all that. He's retired from the DEC and says it took decades to get to this point. An endless work between village, town, county, and state entities. And a lot of setbacks. We got that finalized and then we got sued for um, historic preservation. So we started the process all over. Winchell organized a lot of the public input meetings about the trail. I'm really happy to see this conclusion and can't wait. There's a group of us from uh, that have been involved with this all along from both OGS and DEC that plan on once it's completely open, we're going to ride our bikes from uh, Lake Placid all the way to Tupper Lake and then go to Racket River Brewing and then we'll have to get a ride home. <laughs> There's a lot of talk here today about biking and skiing and snowmobiling. Jim McCulley is the president of the Lake Placid Snowmobile Club. We now have a trail that is is usable much more of, of the year than it was before. I mean, b- before, we, if we got six weeks out of it, uh, we were lucky. Now he expects they'll get at least 8 to 10. He's thrilled, except for one thing the three-mile paved section of the trail in Saranac Lake, which he says was a total surprise. I've been here since day one. I sat through 
lots and lots of stakeholder meetings, and there was never any sp- uh, talk of it. And what happens is when the sun hits on it, it's going to melt. You know, and we, we've given the DEC several uh, ways to uh, mitigate the problem. Um, whether they go through with them or not, we don't know. Nevertheless, McCulley is excited about the progress on what is a uniquely accessible trail in these mountains. Saranac Laker Lindy Ellis says it reminds her of paths in Quebec. This is an amazing, amazing trail. World class. People with families can use this. Motorized wheelchairs can use this. What comes next is building out the other 24 miles of the trail between Saranac Lake and Tupper Lake. Officials say the trail will be finished in 2025. Amy Feierisel, North Country Public Radio, on the Adirondack Rail Trail at Fowler's Landing. Lewis County is celebrating the completion of a $32 million surgical center renovation at the Lewis County Health System Hospital in Lowville. According to WWNY-TV, the project doubles the hospital's ability to perform surgeries. The hospital also announced that they're restarting maternity services in the spring of 2024. That means expecting mothers will no longer have to drive to Watertown or Syracuse for maternal care. The hospital shut down its maternity ward more than two years ago because of staffing shortages during the COVID pandemic. And a man and a woman in Messina have been charged with manslaughter after the death of a three-year-old boy late last week. The boy's mother, Caitlin Cyrus, and her boyfriend, Giovanni Vega, were arrested for assault and reckless endangerment. According to court documents, Vega beat the toddler and Cyrus failed to seek medical attention for her son for 48 hours. The child died on Thursday at the University of Vermont Medical Center. Cyrus and Vega are being held without bail at the St. Lawrence County Jail. You can keep up with news from NCPR throughout the day on our website, ncpr.org, or follow the station on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You're listening to Northern Light here on North Country Public Radio. It's 810. Good morning. I'm Todd Moe. And I'm Monica Sandreski. Coming up, a new play premieres in the North Country just in time for the holidays. We'll talk with the playwright coming up in just a few moments right here on North Country Public Radio. And the end of 2023 is almost here, but there's still time to support NCPR in your year-end giving plans. Consider a special one-time gift in support of the news, music, and information you get here. Go to ncpr.org give. And thank you so much for your support. Music by the Adirondack Harper, Martha Gallagher. Northern Light is supported by the Village Mercantile, bringing Saranac Lake to places beyond the Adirondacks, offering Adirondack-made and inspired goods. VillageMerc.com. Anything but general.
$100 million is now available to New York school districts to help them pay for new electric school buses. As part of the state's climate goals, all school buses in the state must be zero emission by 2035. That means districts will have to phase out their diesel buses and buy electric ones, which are more expensive. This funding will help pay for that and is available on a first-come, first-served basis. Additional money is earmarked for high-need and disadvantaged districts, of which there are many in the North Country. The money comes from the Environmental Bond Act of 2022. A rabid fisher attacked at least four people last week in Queensbury. It was the only positive rabies case documented in Warren County this year. Warren County Public Health has issued a warning to anyone who takes their pets to the Hudson Point Nature Reserve, urging them to make sure their pet vaccinations are up to date and to ask their vet for a rabies booster if their pet made contact with wild animals in that area. Pets can expose their owners to rabies, which is a deadly disease. North Country agriculture is dominated by big dairy farms, but there's also a strong local food movement. Its backbone are the small farmers who fill farmers' markets and food co-ops. Today, we hear from one of those farmers who runs a small dairy in Crown Point, a small town on the shores of Lake Champlain. Anna Williams-Bergen has this North Country at Work story. Crown Point Farm and Dairy is at the end of a long, quiet road. It has two old post and beam barns that were built in the mid-1800s. The pastures are a little overgrown on the edges. It's kind of a classic old dairy. A lot of people think we live in the middle of nowhere, which is fantastic. That's Mike Kuba. He and his wife, Michelle, run the farm. They sell butter, creme fraiche, and buttermilk. Their dairy journey started over a decade ago. The Kubas were growing a lot of their own food, and they wanted to take things a step further. So we got our own our own milk cow to make our own dairy products, and... She had a baby, and we raised her up, and then we had two, and then uh, they both had babies. So we grew to really love having the cows. They're amazingly calm and giving animals, and they're just a joy to be around. The Kubas have 12 Jersey cows, six that they milk. All of them have names, sometimes based on their personalities or the names of their mothers. We like odd names for our cows. You know, we have one named Starfish, uh, one named Tuna. Getting their operation going involved a lot of research. They didn't know many people with dairies, so they used the internet and read lots of books at the library. You know, you have a whole world of bacteria and microbes and all kinds of stuff. You can turn your products into something fantastic or you can send someone to the hospital. So you really need to know what you're doing, and the learning curve is very steep. Kuba says their farm is really a community effort, and everyone in their neighborhood helps each other out. Their area has a lot of small farms, and they work with neighbors who make products like beef and honey. You know, so many people have come to help me with ridiculous things. And, uh, and in turn, you know, I, I, I help them out as well when they need, they need a hand with something. Neighbors have helped with machine issues and calf birthing. Kuba says one of the funniest instances was when their cows were in a pasture where the trees had dropped their apples. So we let them out on that pasture and went to check on them in the afternoon, and they're all laying around. And they've got foamy mouths, and we're like, what is this about? So we inspected a little further and found that we had a bunch of drunken sailors on our hands because they just they ate all those apples up, and they were, were fermenting. It took a little while for them to even out, but uh, I think we got some what would be called apple cider milk maybe for a day or two. Whatever they eat goes directly into their milk, so yeah, you could definitely taste it. The kind of dairy that the Kubas run used to be really common in the North Country. 
But for decades, small farms have been disappearing as the industry consolidates into dairies with hundreds, often thousands of cows. It's a trend in New York and nationwide. You can see it in the dilapidated barns when you drive through the North Country, and more and more land that gets bought up by big farms. But Cuba says that for their farm, the local food movement tells a different story. In today's climate, a lot of people want to know where their food comes from, and they fortunately really want to support local farmers who are producing for them. The Cubas sell their products at farmers market and their small on-farm store. But a lot of the business comes from selling wholesale to the Essex Food Hub, which helps connect people with local food. Cuba is inspired by the local food movement and what small farms can do. Not to say anything bad about bigger farms, you know, because there's a lot of people in the world to feed. But when you take small communities and those communities can produce everything the people need to sustain themselves, that's a beautiful thing. At Crown Point Farm and Dairy, that beauty happens one tub of butter at a time. For North Country Public Radio's North Country at Work project, I'm Anna Williams-Bergen. North Country at Work is a long-running project of NCPR that collects photos and stories about the work history of our region. Funding for this programming was provided in part by the New York State Department of Education. Listening to Northern Light right here on North Country Public Radio. I'm Todd Moe. And I'm Monica Sandreski. Coming up in just a minute, we talk with playwright uh, Gina, uh, Gina Hoban about her new show, Decked, which will be performed in Westport and Saranac Lake this weekend. Then stick around after the show for Bird Note coming up at 842. But first, Todd has a look at the weather for us. Still a snowy morning across much of the region. Salmon River Central School is now closed for the day because of slippery roads. Salmon River is closed. Closed. The Potsdam Public Library opens at 10 o'clock this morning. That's an hour later than usual. And classes uh, at SUNY Potsdam, morning cl- early morning classes at SUNY Potsdam have been canceled. The class schedule resumes at 10 o'clock this morning at SUNY Potsdam. And uh, there are two-hour delays as well at a couple of dozen school districts. Uh, you can check that uh, on our website at ncpr.org. We'll keep that list of uh, delays and cancellations updated throughout the morning. Uh, the Weather Service says slippery conditions. There's still some moderate heavy snow, especially uh, in the Champlain Valley and parts of northern Vermont. Uh, we could see maybe some rain showers this afternoon, snow and rain showers. Uh, highs this afternoon, low to mid-30s, uh, and then tonight, lows in the 20s. Tomorrow, partly cloudy, highs in the 30s. Right now, clouds 32 degrees here in Canton. You've got a couple of chances to catch a new holiday journey by actor and playwright Jenna Hoban. It's called Decked and will be performed by the Adirondack Stage Rats at the Westport Heritage House in Westport this Saturday, December 9th at 5 o'clock. Then the following day, Sunday, December 10th at 3 p.m., you can catch the show at Pendragon Theater in Saranac Lake. 
Playwright Jenna Hoban will be at both performances for audience feedback and to answer questions. With nod to the classics It's a Wonderful Life and A Christmas Carol, this new all-female serial comic play explores themes of family, grief, letting go, and moving on. This is Hoban's second holiday-themed play. About a dozen years ago, she premiered The Twelve Days of Christmas. She says Decked is an offbeat production, not a family show due to language. I caught up with her yesterday after she spent the weekend in the Midwest. Uh, Jenna Hoban told me she just recently found out the play is going to be published, and she attended a performance in Fargo. I watched the what was essentially the world premiere two nights ago, and I thought to myself, well, I'm glad I saw this live because I think I can still afford to tweak some things. Mm. I don't want to change the play. I just want to make what's on the page um, very clear to the production team because there were a couple of things that I was like, oh, I think that wasn't clear to them. Or as an audience member, that was it wasn't clear to me uh, some particular theme or um, something about the circumstances that I was like, oh, I think there are things that I can do to clarify So I'm in a really interesting window of time where if I want to make changes, I can still do that. And then as soon as I say it's done, Broadway licensing is prepared to go ahead and, and, you know, sort of put it into its final, you know, let it be its final um, version of itself. So that's really cool. Congratulations. That's so exciting to to see Thank your you. yeah. yeah, yeah, to see your play just like on the cusp of being published and and ready to go. That's got to be really cool. It is. Give us the story, Jenna, or as much at least that that you would like a radio audience to hear cuz you you probably don't want to tell us everything cuz you want folks to come to see this, but you know, give us kind of the storyline and who some of the characters are, that kind of thing. Yeah, the characters in deck are all female identifying. My protagonist is a divorcee single mom. The character's name is Celia, and our story centers on Celia. In the, in the character description, I specified that the actor should be over 40. And um, the reason why I specify that is <laughs> because I really do believe that the canon of American work, particularly in the holiday season, should represent... Um, women over 40. And so we have Celia as our, I I use the word protagonist, down on our luck, like I think um, I have been inspired by many of the Christmas classics. So this is a person who is facing um, Christmas Eve with not a lot going for her. So um, your, your audiences will be familiar with the story of a Christmas Carol, certainly the movie It's a Wonderful Life, and and some might even be might even know that It's a Wonderful Life was based on the novella The Greatest Gift, which I read and researched as part of this process. And then I always like to throw in some other ones, like we've got Charlie Brown's Christmas, you know, uh, this poor little kid, going, you know, going through all the problems, the downsides of Christmas, uh-huh. and um, there are countless others. But you get the idea. So yeah. Celia is our. Um, Rock bo- it has hit rock bottom around this time. Her rock bottom is stemming from the fact that on Christmas Eve, her ex-husband will be married. Uh, uh, happens to be a much younger woman that he's marrying. But the real issue for her is that the union, him having a new spouse, will make him uh, more eligible to have custody of their teenage daughter. Mm-hmm. And so Celia is under the impression that after this wedding, 
you know, not only is there a little bit of a kick in the gut that her ex is remarrying, but that she's going to lose this custody. She's in really in real fear that she's going to lose custody of her daughter. So that's where we kind of kick it off. Now, I, everything I've told you is kind of a downer, but <laughs> I think it's important to note that I've, I've written a comedy and uh -huh. it um, certainly has some dark humor to it. Some of the things that um, we don't necessarily come prepared to laugh at, but my characters are all loving and witty. Even their worst selves are able to find humor inside the direst of situations. So let's see. I think that's all I'm going to tell you. You'll get an appearance from the new bride, right? That mm -hmm. woman is going to be one of the characters. Celia's daughter, Kit, is one of the characters. And Celia's sister, Louise, is one of those characters. Well, you you have gotten some great feedback. And, and uh, you had one critic who called it a gorgeous play with heart and wonderful roles for women, which... I'm sure that's that's got to make you feel really good. Yeah, it does. That's the most rewarding part about being a playwright. I'm an actor really first. That's where all my training is, is in performance. And then my playwriting is an extension of my desire to be on stage mm -hmm. and to share that with other female actors. But I got to tell you, I think that um, the way that it, um, that it brings people together, me and them, them among themselves, you know, they talked, we had a talk back after the show and the women were talking about their process with one another, how fun it was to play off each other. And they're, and at this particular theater company at Theater B, they are company member, many of them are, are year round company members. So they know each other. Some of them have a stage history together. So then to take on these roles, um, sister to sister or um, a little bit of, conflict between the new bride and the old, um, former wife, you know, it was fun for them to, mm -hmm. to, you know, to work that out with somebody that they have a history with. Hmm. Listen, thanks, Jenna. I, is there anything that I'm not touching on or something I you were hoping I would ask you about the show? I wanted to make it really clear that the play is not just for women um, because the 12 Days of Christmas was often sort of billed as like a rom-com and I was like, eh, or like a chick flick or that mm -hmm. kind of thing. And I was like, oh, well, okay, you can say that. And it's not false, but I fear that that's going to be off-putting to our male audiences who, you know, also have some of these experiences. Mm -hmm. And so I guess something is similar true for deck. So I want to just go ahead and put a shout out there to the dudes. <laughs> and um, even though I've written a play for females to perform, this is a, it's a, one of those holiday stories that is for everyone. It's um, the idea that I want to get across is that I have some, um, like I said, I use some dark humor, but there is also some somber notes to this story. And, and I'm, this is not me comparing myself to the great Charles Dickens. However, what I heard an actor say one time after having played Scrooge, he said, um, playing Scrooge is so excellent because you really get to do it all. You know, you get to have this um, grumpy character in the beginning. You get to have the redemption at the end. You get laughs, you know, but you really get this beautiful journey. And my hope is that I have written something for a female actor to sort of take a similar journey. I, I want that actor to really be able to feel the spectrum of emotions, which is what we're, we all kind of have to face during the holidays. 
Playwright Jenna Hoban will attend two performances of her new show, Decked, performed by the Adirondack Stage Rats at the Westport Heritage House in Westport this Saturday afternoon at 5 o'clock, December 9th, and the following day, Sunday the 10th at 3. You can catch the show at Pendragon Theatre in Saranac Lake. Again, the show is not necessarily for the entire family due to language, drug, drug references, and some mature themes. No reservations necessary. Admission is by donation. Again, that's decked, being performed Saturday afternoon at 5 in Westport and then Sunday afternoon, December 10th, 3 p.m. at uh, Pendragon Theater in Saranac Lake. We are heading into a very busy holiday season, Monica Sandreski. Yes, there are so many things going on throughout the community. And before we head out, I want to mention a couple of them, including coming up this weekend at the Tannery Pond Center. They're doing a showing of Warren Miller's film, All Time, as the unofficial kickoff to the season. They say, come to the Tannery Pond Center for a fun night of skiing entertainment ahead of the start of ski season. That's uh, They're doing that movie showing this Friday night at 7 o'clock and, at Saturday, uh, and on Saturday, too, at 7. You can find out more at tanneripond.org. And also, don't forget to head over uh, to Champlain, New York, for the live radio play of A Christmas Carol. The NCCS Drama Club will present a live radio play version of this timeless classic. That's this Friday at 7 and on Saturday at 1 and 6 p.m. You can find out more from nccscougar.com. Again, that will be at the Bud Moore Auditorium in Champlain, New York. That's it for the sh- uh, that's it for the show for the day. Morning edition continues as Todd said. Then after that, it's the Marketplace Morning Report coming up between eight fifty one and nine o'clock. I'm Monica Sandreski. I'm Todd Mo. Thanks for listening. Be well.